The Dodgers are making moves, and Braves fans are getting restless. It's almost Christmas time, and Logan Whaley joins us in the uh, the festive spirit here on tonight's episode, or today, whenever you might be watching this, of the Chopaholic, brought to you by the Crowded Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. The Crowded Booth is coming on. Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon. We welcome you in. Um, Logan is going to have some beautiful Christmas tones playing behind him. I don't know if that's going to get this episode demonetized, but that's okay because it's Christmas time. Bryce Coon and Logan Whaley alongside you. Logan, let the people know because you're this is not <laughs> the corner of your bedroom where you do the show. Well, well thanks for thanks for uh, revealing the uh, the secret there on on, on that. Uh, I was trying to try to keep that under the radar for as long as possible there. No, but I'm uh, in the hotel lobby. Uh, in the Renaissance here in Montgomery, Alabama, covering the Camellia Bowl. That's coming up uh, December 23rd on ESPN, 11 in the morning, Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. So got to get that quick plug in there. I actually also had no idea. Okay, I had some idea how loud the Christmas music was, but I didn't really factor that into uh, how it would feed into the microphone uh, whenever I came down here. So this is a, <laughs> this you know, is my fault, but you know, Christmas spirit, right? You got to get into it. This is look, this is the power of editing, correct? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, it's the power of editing. So, so we'll be fine. It's okay. We'll just, uh, we'll, 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 we'll drown how, how out that. Is it, how loud is it by the way? Cause I can't actually hear myself. Um, I mean, the people listening and watching will be the judge of that. Okay. Uh, ultimately, like, is it it's a, not terrible. It's really not bad. Okay. Like, like, is it one, like one to 10 on uh, blasting Ooh. the eardrums? Or, like, oh, wonderful. Blasting listening. eardrums. I'd say about 3.62. I mean, you're, 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 it's, it's a warm, it's, it's like lip- you're in a nice little hotel bar, little, you know, coffee shop, just enjoying, you know, a decadent drink. I think, little, I guess that's what you could say. A little over pie, I guess. A little yeah. over pie. Oh, a little yeah. over pie. Yes, for our for our analytics driven crowd uh, that yes. tunes into the show. Yeah. Yes. Well, look, man, I know you're kind of restless with this. We haven't recorded in a while, and a lot's happened. Obviously, everyone knows Otani went to the Dodgers, and then the breaking news literally 15 minutes before we hop on this podcast, it's going to be published on Friday, but Thursday night, Yamamoto to the Dodgers, 325 million. Logan, we could spend 20 minutes talking about these contracts, but I mean. L.A. has addressed two of their biggest needs, another bat in the lineup and one of the best pitchers in, you know, the sport, which people feel like he can be when he gets over here to the United States. Yamamoto, you're kind of an immediate reaction to what L.A. has done. Holy crap uh, is the the first thing that came to mind. But it's going to be a huge conversation, obviously, with the contract of Otani, uh, which is uh, both the new Bobby Bonilla contract, but also – an insane bargain for the Dodgers right now, uh, which allowed them the flexibility to, to do a move like this. Uh, Yamamoto, obviously, you know, coming over from uh, from Japan to the major leagues, a lot of people are going to look at, you know, Otani is the uh, the measuring stick. So, you know, that's you know no pressure right there or anything, right? But he's young, 25 years old, and going to make an immediate impact because that's a Dodgers team that desperately needed pitching in the worst yeah. way. They dealt with so many injuries this year. They have a lot of young prospects that look to make that next 
leap uh, into the starting rotation this year. You know, look at Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller, but uh, Yamamoto fits in so perfectly with them. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for, for Braves fans, though, I mean, personally, I'm not freaking out for it, but I think it is a great move for the Dodgers. I'm reading here, and this obviously this came out about an hour ago officially. And then, you know, Yamamoto has until January 4th to finalize the deals under the term of his postings. When reading, he was offered the same contract by the Mets. So there's a win for the Braves. You don't have to see him uh, in New York. The Yankees, per USA Today's Bob Nightingale, um, offered 10 for 300 million. Okay. So. You know, uh, it, it says kind of the final list was the Mets, Yankees, Giants, Phillies, Cubs, and Blue Jays all showed genuine interest in the 25-year-old star. So, you know, look, we're going to get into this conversation here. Uh, it it could have been worse. He could have gone to Philadelphia. He, he could have right. gone to New York. Uh, now, I don't think New York's a contender in 2024 by any means. You know, and I mean that in the Mets, in the Mets uh, per se. But the Phillies, that would have been concerning. Like, that would have been really uh, a detriment to, to Atlanta. Yes. But, I wanted to ask you this because, like, Yamamoto is obviously a big deal. 12 years, $325 million. And, and Braves fans are going to naturally get restless, naturally start to panic because I said this, and, Logan, maybe I'm wrong in this. I know that the Braves have lost the last two times to Philadelphia, you know, in the playoffs. I still feel like at the end of the day, even though both teams haven't really advanced to where they need to in the playoffs, this really – the National League – feels like LA in Atlanta. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe people tell me I'm wrong. Past two years, is that crazy, or is this still just kind of a battle, an arm per se between? Well, you know, I, I'm never going to count out the, the Phillies just because of you know the, the past two postseasons and the runs that they they've had. I mean, they're they're always a team that's going to be around. But as far as the teams that are the powerhouses, the teams that should be favored every year, 100%. Uh, to me, that that's the first two teams I think of on that tier. It's, it's LA and the Braves, and maybe you put the Phillies in, in the tier below, but they're still, I mean, to me, those are the three that I look at as, you know, these are the teams that could very well compete for, an, for a world title. Um, yeah. But but no, I, I'm with you. I think if, if Yamamoto goes to the Phillies, it's a much different conversation, or even the Mets, which – you know, I think if he went to the Mets, though, I feel like you would have people say, well, you know, it's just the Mets doing another shopping spree that's never going to amount to anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, all of that stuff. But no, I, I do. I think uh, it, it for Braves fans that are maybe panicking right now as far as, you know, when is Anthopolis going to make a move? I feel like this has become a thing every offseason now. Mm-hmm. And typically it works out. But, you know, I do think you will see another starter. Yeah, you know, to, to the to the rotation. Whether it's you know it doesn't have to be right now, but even you know after you know or it could be a midseason trade where another starter gets added. If you know this doesn't work out, but I, but I'm curious to see what Anthopoulos is cooking because he's done about 1,400 minor trades that are basically salary dumps and um, yeah, it's the just, Matt it's, Carpenter uh, situation. Yeah, <laughs> legendary brave Matt Carpenter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. For Atlanta sports fans, uh, Matt Carpenter's tenure, much like Carmelo Anthony's as an Atlanta Hawk there for a hot minute. Uh, yeah, no, it's – look, they've made moves, and it kind of brings up this question, Logan. I mean, can the Braves match the Dodgers? And look, some people are going to read the title of this, and they're going to say, okay, what are these guys talking about? But my thing is, as you mentioned right on the offset, like L.A. had a more desperate pitching need than Atlanta did coming into the offseason. Atlanta fans, Braves fans, consider and say, well, well, this – no – 
you looked at that rotation for LA. They they needed this more than Atlanta did. So does it really come as a move? Or when you look at these two rosters, I don't want to be just Homer. I, don't, I want to take the red, white, and blue glasses off, Logan. But I still feel like Atlanta's roster matches up with what LA is going to put out there uh, in, a, yeah. in a seven-game series. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agreed. And I think Anthopoulos, to, to me, his best trait as a GM is that he's not reactionary. You know, in the sense of, you know, I don't think he feels the pressure to make a move just because the Dodgers got Shohei Otani and Yamamoto. I don't think he feels that pressure because he's a GM that knows what he has and he knows the biggest needs. And to me, I'm just so curious to see what the opening day roster is going to look like, especially when it comes to the rotation. Because, look, you're 100% right. I mean, the Braves' top two – uh, it's up there for the best top two in baseball, but you still have that question, right? With Breeds, uh, you know, with his health, uh, and obviously, you know, I mean, Spencer Strider is Spencer Strider. Like he's going to be the Brave that has probably the least question mark or the, the least amount of question marks in that rotation. But it, but beyond that, you know, like three through five, I mean, what's that going to look like? Especially Charlie Morton being forty years old now. So, uh, as far as the question, can the Braves match the Dodgers? I think the Braves still have a better roster, better constructed roster than the Dodgers. But yeah. that being said, that's going to be a heck of a series to watch. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be a great series. I mean, look, if these two teams face off in the NLCS. And I don't want to take away, like, I'm not trying to diminish what Shohei Otani brings. Like, Otani's f- fantastic. But I go to the depth once again. The depth that the Dodgers had three, four years ago, to me, still isn't there. Like, look, I'm always going to love Jason Hayward. I-, I was in the building, Logan, when he hit the home run in his debut game. It was, Insane. Um, you know, yeah, look, we didn't even know each other. And, then, <laughs> and, and look, so... You know, for for us, those are special. The, the you know the Jay Hay kid, the, the Henry County native. We're always going to hold a special place in our hearts. Jason Hayward doesn't move the needle for me. Like I, I would rather have um, Jared Kellenic. Like, and we haven't really talked about that trade, right. but you know, I'd rather have Kellenic at this stage in their careers with the upside that he brings to the table. I, am I being too much of a homer in this, or is it just one of those things where, like, can you still say, "Hey, I like Atlanta's roster when it matches up and plays L.A." Well, you're asking probably the wrong person when it comes to the Homer side of it, because uh, yeah, same. Uh, but no, I, I'm with you. I, I do think if you you know compare the rosters side by side, and, and again, you're going to have people in baseball media say, you know, eh, gosh, I mean, what what was it? Uh, was it Ben Verlander that had the whole Shohei was the most impactful signing in Dodgers history, right? You know, you're going to have those reactionary takes that, that that come with that. But at the same time, you know, this was uh, you always look back at different off seasons and you look back at, I mean, look at look at the amount of off seasons in a row where the Braves were never picked first in their own division, just to win the NL East year after year, right? Yeah. And and so uh, how it how the perception is versus how it's actually going to play out on the field, I think they're going to be totally different. But to me you know, you look at the Vegas odds, like the Braves are still the favorites to, to win it all. And it's because of the roster that's, that's there. And, but, but if you look at, if you kind of like take the pulse of, of baseball media, social media, people are going to probably lean more toward the Dodgers, but I still think, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be the brave Homer that says, you know, the Braves are under the radar. People are sleeping on the Braves. I don't think people are sleeping on the Braves anymore. It's almost like the rest of the teams are making moves to, essentially try to match what the Braves can do on the field. 
that, yeah. that's how I. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say like to your point, I mean, there's a reason L.A. went out and got Otani and, you know, uh, Yamamoto, because like they know that if they face Atlanta as that roster was, look, uh, Freddie Freeman's great. Hall of Famer. Uh, Mookie Betts, Hall of Famer. But you've got to have depth to beat Atlanta. Uh, it's the biggest reason that uh, Dave Dombrowski with Philadelphia went out and make moves he has the past two seasons. Getting Schwarber, you know, obviously getting in Nick Castellanos, all of those players re-upping Aaron Nola because you have to keep up. We said with the Joneses, you got to keep with the Braves because all these guys are locked in. Right. And, and and you and I've talked about this. It's 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 very much the college football syndrome. The week to week, looking at the microcosms of oh gosh, we lost this three game series to Philly. We got to go make a big splash. I, I, I'm with you. I don't want to be reactionary in this, but I also want to say, you know, as we kind of transition to the final topic here, the Braves can answer. And and you and I, you know, two a couple episodes ago, we talked about Dylan Cease. That market feels like it could be trending more towards Atlanta when you see different dominoes starting to fall. Do you still feel as I'll say bullish about, about Dylan Cease and going and getting him uh, and adding him? And if they do, or if they add another pitcher, I think once again, I mean, Vegas odds haven't changed yet. Uh, we'll see after Yamamoto. I haven't seen the latest with Yamamoto being in the mix, but it, yeah. Uh, how do you feel on this? Like, how how would you like to see Atlanta answer uh, what LA is doing out west? Yeah, I, w- I would love Dylan Cease. Uh, that's probably top of the list for me because yeah. uh, you know we've talked about Dylan Cease and what he could provide for the rotation. I still think it, the Dodgers could still make that move. I really do mm-hmm. believe that. Even with this, the, this, the signings they've made, they still have the prospects to go. And Glass now, by the way. We've been mentioned that. They've also oh, got Glass now in the mix with an extension. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was kind of my reaction, too, whenever they traded for, for Glass now. I was like, okay, maybe they're out of the cease race. But truthfully, I mean, I could still – I could legitimately still see them go go get uh, cease. But that, that would be probably the first thing that I would want uh, as a Braves fan. I, I would want Dylan Cease. Uh, but really, I, I feel like Braves fans would be happy with just any sort of starting pitching help that uh, could just serve as the number three option. Right? Yeah. And Dylan sees he could make the argument. He could really push that. I think he you, he could probably be the same tier as Stryker, right? Like that, I think that's that's kind of how you, how I view Dylan sees uh, as far as where he ranks among you know not only the Braves starting pitching staff but just the rest of baseball. So, yeah, Cease would be number one for me. But also, I mean, they, they could sign someone else in the free agent market. Yeah. I would be fine with that. But, you know, if they even if they do nothing, I would be somewhat okay with it. I wouldn't be happy, but I would I would understand it and be okay with it because you could you could ride – you know, Smith Shaver, you could ride some of the some of these guys that are vying for that, you know, those final couple spots. And if they yeah. don't work out, you could always trade for somebody mid season. Yeah, that, that that's the way I feel. I'm gonna mute you real quick while I go on this little uh not tirade but spiel just because uh, the singing has commenced on the music and that will oh, definitely get us to monetize. Yeah. I'll mute you, no worries. Uh we'll, we'll keep rolling. But you could nod in approval or or nod no in, in disapproval of my comments here for a second. You know, I, so I look at the roster. This is uh, as updated as we could get. Left field, they've got projected Chris Taylor. Uh, center field, James Altman. Um, you know, right field's Jason Hayward. It looks like Manuel Margot is going to be, you know, that kind of fourth outfielder platoon option for them. That right-handed bat in the outfield. Uh, third base, you're going to have Muncie with Miguel Vargas being kind of the backup around the infield. Uh, Gavin Lux is going to be back. Uh, you know, he's got it. 
they they still really love. Uh, you know, they haven't been able to have him. He's going to be at short. Mookie Betts going to be the you know full time second baseman in, in 2024. Freddie and then Will Smith, Austin Barnes, and the DH Shohei Otani. That's a really really good baseball team uh, that you're putting together. You know. And I look at the starting pitching, like, you know, they're going to have a good bullpen. Okay. Like we just know LA is going to have a decent bullpen starting pitching wise. It's right now it's uh, Yamamoto, Glassnell, Bobby Miller, Walker Bueller. They're going to be betting on Bueller to, to come back healthy. Uh, they're going to be betting on Bobby Miller to take the next step. I think that we just get caught up because the national perception is Bobby Miller's a surefire top prospect. Well, the same rise they're hoping Bobby Miller takes is the same one Atlanta wants AJ Smith, Shaver and Bryce Elder and these young guys to take. So, you know Tyler Glass now, he's been hurt. Like he, he, he's had some injury concerns. So the brand value of these names, I think, sticks out to people. Uh, it's just more of you know, can these guys stay healthy over the course of one six two? LA felt the brunt of that this season. It's why they're making so many moves. You know, you you kind of look down. Uh, Tony Gonsolin somehow is still under control in that contract for LA. Uh, you know, Tony Gonsolin, I, I don't even know, man. All I know is that he had that MLB the show card that was like the cat man or whatever it was this past year. And I just, I didn't like it. So you look at the roster, Logan, it, it's deep. It, it's, it's what LA is going to put together. I, I truly think that they started to get back to that when they added guys like Kike Hernandez. Cause I think they kind of lost the depth that is what made them so good. Not the star power, but the depth, but I, I'm with you, man. I, I think Atlanta's right there with them. It, it's going to, uh, I just think the two questions are going to be what we came into the offseason with the outfield situation. You know, can a guy like uh, Kellenic take that jump in Atlanta? I, I don't know, and, and you can talk about this a little bit. Were you were you pleasantly surprised at his interview? He felt like he had matured to me from when he came up as a prospect. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, before that, I have to appreciate the fact that the uh, the L.A. Rams presented Shohei Otani with a jersey tonight, as if he hasn't been in L.A. Uh, his whole career is that a diss to the angels? Like, what like, are we? Like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, golly, I, I feel so bad for the angels, they're so down bad right now. I feel bad for Ron Washington because I love I Ron too. Washington, but it's like, just sad. Yeah, like, Wash, why'd you get yourself in this situation, man? <laughs> like, look what you could have had, you know. But, uh, but yeah, no, talking about Kelnick, yeah, I, I loved the, the vulnerability. I, I think that's a sign that he has grown and matured. And I think that's probably really the biggest question mark and the biggest hurdle for him. Because, I mean, you saw the frustration right after strikeouts. You've saw the I – mean, you've seen all of that. You've seen all of the the downsides to him. But yeah. really what, what gives Braves fans hope and what gives me hope is the, the stretch that he had before getting hurt. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was, was really good. Really, was he really, seemingly really good. had turned a corner in his development. Yeah, and and that's the thing that that to me is going to to be the biggest question mark is how good is he really going to be? Because look, he still has potential. He's still young, and he still obviously has upside. Because I mean, you you know, he was a top five prospect at one point. Yeah, but I, I look at this. At, look, at worst, I feel like it's just going to be Eddie Rosario two Like at worst, yeah. I think that's the floor. But the ceiling is so high. The ceiling is you've got a guy that could be a part of your franchise for a long time. All-star level and, player. Like that's yeah. 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 So so to me, and especially because left field was a position that, you know, truthfully wasn't that, you know, instrumental to the Brave success anyway. I mean, what it combined for like one 
war last year. Yes. I mean, so, you know, for Kelnick, you're you're not being asked to do a lot. And I think that's going to be huge for him because, look, he's got guys around him that he doesn't have to perform like an all-star. Like, he doesn't have that pressure. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's going to help him in, in his growth and development. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he can do in a great team. Uh, one thing that I was reading some great interviews, David O'Brien did one on The Athletic. Uh, and I encourage you, you know, look, athletic fair share of, you know, layoffs or whatever you want to talk about it. The Braves coverage is great. Like, I love yes. the Braves coverage they do uh, between him and Jeff Schultz doing the columns and everything. But, you know, David O'Brien put in his article about, you know, he said when you talk and when Snicker had talked to some of the, the coaching fraternity, you know, that these guys talk to before they bring in a player, they described Kelnick as a toolsy player, like a guy that he's got a little bit of all five tools. If he can put it together, and I'll say too, Logan, like, Atlanta has hit on this so many times that you feel yeah. like if there's a place for, for a Jared Kellenic to get a change of scenery, Atlanta is the best place for him. Because here's the opportunity, like you mentioned, no pressure, kid. Like You literally have yeah. two all-star level players besides you in the outfield, a couple more in the infield, and uh, you probably have the best roster top to bottom in the baseball. You just go figure yourself out, spend spring training. And I, I think it's going to create a really nice, interesting battle between Kellenic and Avon Grissom, who he knows getting some left field down in Puerto Rico. Uh, your thoughts as we kind of wrap it up here, you know, th- that potential platoon, if they do decide to do that, I- I'm not against platoons. I'll say that. But if one guy starts to really get hot, I think they need to ride the hot hand, which I feel like Snicker has shown he will do. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is I feel like the Braves have no idea what to do with Avon Grissom. And, mm. and that to me feels like maybe a trade could be coming. I feel like if, if a cease trade is happening, Von Grissom is going to be in it. That, that's yeah. just kind of where I'm at with it. Because, I mean, you hear Anthopolis talking about, like, yeah, he's, he has a major league ready bat and we've got to get him on the field. But at the same time, they're putting yeah. Kelnick. Like, they, yeah. they make this move for Kelnick. And it's not like it's a low-risk move because they took on a lot of salary to, yeah. to get Jared Kelnick. I mean, they essentially – bought a prospect that was a very john coppola move by the way buying a prospect mm-hmm. like that but uh yeah i mean so so it is a risky move but to me you know anthopolis is saying all this about von grissom then goes out get, gets kelnick you kind of wonder yeah what what in the world do you do with him now but i do think if the braves go out and make a trade i feel like von grissom will be the first one to go which you know you don't want to lose a guy like that but in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things if you can get an improvement to to this team not that not that this team needs a lot of improvement in a lot of positions but you know i look at starting pitching and you know if, this, if a dylan c straight happens yeah I, I would be totally fine with letting go grissom so maybe that's a, another part of of the reason why they you know go out and get a kelmite yeah i mean look you know anthopolis said essentially with the money that they spent on kelmite that that's about what the asking and going rate for you know, a decent left fielder, a, you know, average war uh, replacement level player is, is going to be. And so, you know, look, p- prices are inflated everywhere, not just your Christmas presents and right. your groceries. On the free agent market, it is as well. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think that it's not time to panic. It's not time to push the big red button in the center that says do not press. Uh, I think Atlanta is going to make the calculated move. And, Logan, like you have said, as a Braves fan, you have to hang your hat on. It's not going to be the sexiest move. It's not going to be the splashiest move. It's not going to command the most you know, headlines. 
But oftentimes when you go back and look at it, man, it's like that was a savvy move, a savvy yeah. move by Alex Anthopoulos. I, I, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Well, just look at the look at the bullpen moves that, that he's made this year as well. I mean, just just this offseason. You know, I love the – I mean, the whole Matt Carpenter trade was to get that reliever too, the, the left-handed reliever throws like 99-100 and, and it's nasty. Like I've seen, I've seen footage of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's incredible to me. And I feel like that's something that, you know, Anthopolis has really attacked. Like he – it's clear he entered the offseason knowing, okay, these are the top things that we need to attack. Yeah. He's, he's gone after. I mean, he really has. Like th- this bullpen – with the velocity they have now, it's, it's, it's incredible. But yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of these moves in Thopolis has made, and that's just been his MO as, as a GM. It's under the radar moves that aren't sexy, but works for the team. And you don't have to have a splashy move with this roster. You really don't. I mean, you've got like top guys almost at every position. Yeah. Splashy move would be more of a luxury than a necessity. And that's yeah. something I think, you know, fans get antsy when they start to see big dominoes fall uh, because, you know, you, you know what you don't want. And we'll just we're going to we might laugh about this the entire year. and Maybe we'll be called out on it. Uh, you don't want to pay, what, $10 million to Lance Lynn. That's what you don't want to do, uh, just for the sake of you know getting a big name, uh, you know, literally in yeah. your rotation. Yeah, Braves pitcher Jack Flaherty just doesn't have a good ring to it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So hey, but hey, man, we appreciate uh, you know everyone tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas wherever you're watching, and hope you were soothed by the uh, yes. saxophone tones coming uh, behind uh, Logan Whaley there. Logan, once again, uh, it's Northern Illinois against Arkansas State. Uh, right. Do you have a prediction for us in the Camellia Bowl? Uh, there on Saturday. So it's it's an interesting matchup because Northern Illinois' quarterback is a seventh-year senior and uh, Arkansas State's quarterback is a true freshman. Rocky, Rocky Lombardi, am I correct? Rocky Lombardi. Yes. Elite college football man. By yes, the way. yes. Uh, so, yeah, and he played at Michigan State his freshman year, and uh, his freshman year is 2018, and they played against Oregon in the Red Box Bowl. And Oregon's quarterback was Justin Herbert. Wow. So college football is weird, and it is just a crazy time right now with all the eligibility stuff. But as for a prediction, man, the Vegas odds have shifted back and forth. I I think Arkansas State matches up relatively well with them. But Northern Illinois has a fantastic defense and a great run game, very experienced offensive line. And, uh, you know, so that, that's just kind of my take. On this game, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to come down to uh, the offensive side of the football. If Arkansas State can get stuff going uh, offensively, I think they've got a good shot, and they they, they can. Yeah, it's going to be well, fun. It's going to be fun. I'll tell you this. Um, you know, we have a lot of crossover fans from my Georgia Tech show that watch the Braves, and they just shuddered remembering Rocky Labardi and NIU coming oh, into Bobby oh. Dodd in 2021, upsetting the Jackets on Week One. So, uh, yeah, Rocky Labardi. Uh, is a guy that I've got to see up close. Good playmaker. I mean, look, in a you know seventh year senior, uh, we've had a, right. quite a, quite a few of those uh, so far this season. So, hey, that's Logan Willie. He's going to have some great coverage of that game if you're into that, or maybe you're into the Sickos committee. I don't know what the line on this game is. Uh, yeah, you want to tune in? <laughs> this was the Athletics. I think uh, you know they they grade all of the uh, the matchups for for the bowl. This is like if you're doing this based on Sickos committee, I think this is top two. Oh. I, I'm pretty sure. So, look, it, it, I don't know if it's Sicko's Committee Game of the Week, but mm. it's it, but it's up there. You know, if you're up at 11 in the morning on Saturday, I like <laughs> it. Watch it on ESPN. It's it's gonna be it, a game will be had. It's gonna be entertaining. 
and you might see Logan Whaley there on the sidelines or in the, in, in the end zone. But hey, we appreciate it. Like we said, uh, we'll catch you next time, obviously, on this podcast, uh, resuming it after the Christmas season. So we hope you have a fantastic Christmas. I'm not quite as festive as Logan is. We appreciate him bringing all of the Christmas <laughs> activities uh, there behind him. But uh, hey, tune in to all the other podcasts that we have here on our network. Uh, my name is Bryce Coon. He's Logan Whaley. And we'll catch you next time here on the Chopaholic, brought to you by the Crowd of Booth.